are now tuned in to the Free Play Media Podcast Network. We're live. Chris Denman, and I'm going solo. I'll say hello to our guest in just a second. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Real quick, we've got a, a, a special guest in studio. Excited to have him here, but I got to tell you about Logboat Brewing. Great sponsor of ours. You can get their beers at uh, Bush Stadium all summer long. The uh, Bobber Lager is available. Also, big thanks to Casino Queen, and uh, look forward to some more events at the uh, casino with us in tow. Uh, special conversation today. Chris Gathard in town. What's up, Chris? Good to see you, man. Good to see you too. Yep, I'm excited forward to have to you. a special conversation. It's very special, well, extremely nice special. You're at Helium this weekend. You all need to go out. I've uh, I've heard a ton of people excited saying, uh, speaking of special, how special it is that you're here in St. Louis performing, man. It's very happy uh, to be here. It's is it the is it the comedy community that gets behind you? Like I I'm again, I, we were just chit chatting a little bit off air, but uh, I feel like there's been a bit of a swell of people that are really excited. That doesn't always happen with comics that come through. That's so you've got a good news. support system, That's good man. good to hear. I yeah. hope they show up in the seats, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they got to the pay yeah, those nice. tickets. I have a nice cult. It's like, uh, you know, I think uh, comedy nerds and punk rockers really have my back. And then I have a podcast that went in a whole different direction. So then I'll get like, you know, a lot of, it's my, my, my podcast, it's a lot of like, I think moms who are maybe secretly, uh, more badass than they let on. Is that know? right? Yeah. Give me the give me the details on the podcast. I'm not aware of it. Bro. I have a podcast called Beautiful Anonymous, um, where the whole I, well, I I just tweet out a phone number and then I take one phone call, and I'm not allowed to hang up for an hour, and they never tell me their name, so they <laughs> That's just say fantastic. whatever they feel like. And yeah, I thought it was going to be like kids messing with me because my TV show has always been crazy and driven, sure. you know, like a lot of like I said, like a lot of like the art, like artsier punk rock kids and. Um, the first episode they featured it on This American Life and it just like blew up and it just latched on with like, it's cool. It's like, you know, you'll get like a, a lot of the calls will be someone that's like, yeah, I'm a mom and I raised three kids, but like quietly on the side, I'm all, I've also got this side hustle that'll blow your mind. And I'm like, this is cool. So um, it got super interesting very quickly. Very, yeah. It's, that's it's, like, it's really I, cool. I don't, I'm sure you did it too. Cause you expected kids to call it and mess with Like that's what I did that. Like whenever I was growing up, like I would have had a, a hell of a time screwing with someone like you on uh, the phone. You would have too, I'm sure. I mean, that's what my TV show is. My TV show is just right. me building the show I would have wanted to prank call when I was 14 years old. That's <laughs> yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. goal. It's like, what's the show my brother and I would have loved tormenting and then realized, oh, wait, this is actually a show for us. Um, so, yeah, it's a, 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 lot of my, a lot of my career is just opening up phone lines and letting people tell me, uh, you know, 
like either insult me or tell me dark secrets or whatever they feel like. It's really up to them. So. And living in that space go. with them in that mm-hmm. time, like that's that's so interesting. I, I have to check that out. I feel terrible. I haven't heard oh, that yet, but it's who cares? The, well, who cares? I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. So Chris Gethard show much content, too right? Much content. <laughs> it's in this everywhere, world. man. A part do of you the problem? Do you actually consume any content yourself? Oh yeah, or is, I love mean, content. Yeah, who doesn't love content. Right, it's, it's 2018, great... baby. You gotta love content. <laughs> you absolutely have to. Yeah. What's uh, what are your favorite? Listens or podcasts or let's I mean, see. Do you, are you still super into music? I'm guessing. I like yeah, I like music a lot. I will say I, I have it. I've the 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 DIY punk rock scene in New York was very very strong, and a lot of the best venues have closed. So right. I'm a little more disconnected with it. It's just I think uh, you know notoriously real estate in New York is a really tough thing, and a lot of the neighborhoods that artists will go and take over a warehouse and turn it into a venue. Right. Then it becomes a spot that people go, oh, all the artists are hanging out there, and now all of a sudden there's an Abercrombie. Like that really has right. blown out a bunch of it. So I'm a little less connected with music than I was maybe four or five years ago, unfortunately. But I find that as I get older, that happens too. I'm like, Japandroid's still cool, or yeah. you know, like I'm like I don't know. I know. I'm still listening to the same albums outside over and over. of any like demographics or real estate trends. I'm also 38 now. I'm just <laughs> tired. Yeah. I'm just also kind of like tired and don't stay out as late. Right. Um, but yeah, there's still, I, I tell you, like, I, I've gotten, uh, I really like uh, podcasts like everybody else. Like, I like a good true crime podcast. There's a podcast called Criminal I'm obsessed with, and I like wrestling podcasts. Colt Cabana is a friend of mine. I've that guy's like, great, man. He's, he's a awesome. great storyteller. He's, he does a really good job with that. It, and two, so you're 38, I'm, I just turned 34, and how crazy is it to see wrestling? And maybe it was always kind of like this, but and just media is bigger in general. Wrestling, like we're seeing, we're seeing McMahonisms in the in the White House now. Uh, like Vince, I mean, I, Vince McMahon's modern day PT Barnum is what I, I usually mm-hmm. say, and that's like seeing that whole world just come alive. And there's, it's you see the money attached to wrestling too. Yeah. I'm guessing you've been a wrestling fan your whole life. My whole life. Yeah. But then there's also like the countercultural side of wrestling too, which is when the small leagues, like for me, for people our age, it was ECW, right? Yeah, it was sure. like the alternative, and now. You got PWG and you, even like NXT is like their brand within a brand that's like the smaller, more punk rock thing. You got the New Japan thing, all the Bullet Club stuff. So it's really interesting to watch culturally. And like, I, I'm kind of obsessed with the old territory days and reading all the stories about that. And St. Louis was such a big part of that. Wrestling right? at the chase. Sam Mushnick, right? With the big promoter <laughs> yeah, out here. Right, he yeah, could yeah. kind of run it and stand up to the McMahons. So <laughs> I'm a big nerd for that. So I really like Colt and I, I listen to uh, Jericho's podcast, I think is very good. And then, I tell you what, being on the road all the time, the the Bruce Pritchard podcast, I really love. But I will say, like, that's a good one when you're like, no, you're going to be sitting in an airport on a layover, and you're like, yeah, I'll listen to somebody talk about uh, Bam Bam Bigelow for three and a half for hours. Three and a half I'll do a hour. three and a half hour episode just on Jake Roberts. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I don't know who your target audience is beyond me, <laughs> beyond a guy who's been obsessed with wrestling his whole life and has a layover right now. Right, but, who happens to have yeah. the time. Have you had the opportunity to interview Jake Roberts? I have not. I've always I have. wanted to. I'm is it t- awesome? It what honestly too, and uh, my co-host Travis Sorrell is a huge wrestling fan as well. Couldn't be here today. Uh, he was geeking out. I got to geek out because I've I've kind of let wrestling go when I was like mm-hmm. nine or something, right? So, but to go back and kind of be transparent, like I'm talking to Jake the Snake right now. That was a big deal. But then for him to be so open, and then and it helps that I'm assuming he's still on the right track. That there was a redemption story involved, yeah. right? But to it. this day, I don't know. I interview 
three to five people every week for the last three years, I guess, and he's up there, like top ten for sure. I will tell you, you know, it's uh, with the TV show, and I don't want to, I don't want to start complaining too much or cause any trouble. But this is a big trouble starting show. Well, so. here's the thing: you can tell already. My interests in pop culture are a little more fringe. Sure. And a television network, it's not always their interest. And I was like, they were like, you love wrestling. Let's get some, you know, wrestlers on there. You'll be excited. I was like, great. We had an episode lined up. I was like, let's book Jake the Snake. Right. And then we met this guy who manages all these wrestlers. He's like, he's like, I can get you Honky Tonk Man and one of the Bushwhackers and this guy and that like all these old timey guys. I was like, let's get them all at once. We'll have a big panel. They were like, no, let's get someone more modern. And I was like, oh, you guys are missing the boat because yeah, all, we, I can get everybody in their 30s excited to listen to the honky-tonk man and Jake the Snake. <laughs> and then they're like, we should try to get John Cena. I'm like, I think you guys, first of all, he's a little bit big. And second of all, our show is live on Tuesday nights. They also have a show that's live on Tuesday nights. <laughs> they're not, they're not fine-tuning their choices. Let's do a little research. But imagine it, just 10 people call in and you can talk to Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think that would be huge. I think they're kind of discounting the upswell. Nostalgia of, play. Yeah, absolutely. There too. And you got to get those old guys from the 80s because they still lived that wrestler life I want to hear. Like, I want to talk to guys. Prostitutes? Exactly. Uh, steroids? I, mean, I want to get the Iron Sheik on. I want to like turn around to Brutus the Barber Beefcake and be like, hey... What's the weirdest drug you've ever taken? And you know Brutus is not a guy who's going to hold back on that answer. Hell you know? no. He's be like, I once accidentally uh, straight up just snorted fertilizer. You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah. like and I knew what it was. I, I was just, you know, like, I want those stories, but. Yeah, that, I think there's a market for that, too. You see Vice going after a lot of those fringe kind of markets and, and areas. As far as True TV, the Chris Gethard show, yeah. in limbo right now for another Total season. limbo. I, and it, People it, think it, I'm messing with Sometimes I like, I'm very into, because I, I love wrestling, like emotional manipulation where I'll be like, what's going to happen, this and right. that, and I'll try to like tease it. No, it is true. I have no idea what's going on. I did just find out we're the lowest rated show on the network, so that doesn't bode well for us, but I weirdly am proud of that. <laughs> Like, but who wants is to it, be the seventh best show on True TV? I'll exactly. take fifteen out of fifteen. Thank well, you. Well, if you if you do in fact have a small following, they're mighty because people love your show. Yeah, they're obsessed. Would be a better word. You had on the P Diddy's of the world. You yeah, P Diddy, Will you, Ferrell, Paul Rudd, Lena Dunham. Like we get big. We get people who are big. So they names. took a chance on you and True TV in the last mm -hmm. since uh, uh, the prank show. Uh, I'm an idiot. I Jokers. Can't. Practical, jo impractical jokers. I don't mean to be disrespectful there. Uh, since they, they, tr like they look for comedy content every yeah. every pilot season. And they've done right by us. I'm not Correct. trying to. I'm not trying to like talk bad. They took a big chance on our show. We were public. But they knew what show. they were going with. They knew. I mean, there's like 200 hours of it that have existed online on YouTube. All our public access years. And they were so excited. And they really do champion us. And they're like, yeah, this is such a cool thing. But, you know, it's it's kind of our job to make the content and their job to, you know, get middle America to like it. And I don't know if we're the most middle American friendly show in the world, much to my own chagrin. I do these things and I think they're going to be really popular. Like, I'm like, yeah, let's bring on MMA fighters and just have them mercilessly beat me for an hour on live TV. Oh, where my gosh. Call in. Who was and that? That was these two guys named uh, Gary Tonin and Eddie Cummings, who are members of this group called the Donna Her Death Squad. They're these <laughs> Gary Tonin fighters. came in. Yeah, Gary just switched over to MMA. Oh, 
And there's a whole thing where it was like we'd show a word on screen, and if you could call in and get me to say that word, they'd just bolt on screen and just tool me. <laughs> oh my! And I'm like, oh yeah, that's like that's like mainstream comedy, man. And then America is like, we disagree. <laughs> okay, but I love it. So so you have a meeting, and they say we're giving you another season, mm-hmm. which is huge. And you're like, right? You're getting to create. Mm-hmm. You're being paid for that. All these things you have. People uh, that have jobs because of your show. Yeah. What do you do to change it up then, or do you? And you say, hopefully, people catch on, and they're just going to take another fly on another season. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a tough call, right? Because in one sense, like you said, there's about you know any anywhere from like seventy to hundred people that have at least part time employment because right. of this show with my name on it. I take that really seriously. You know, like uh, those jobs I, are. Real tough to get. They're too. real tough to get, and you know we're in we're in New York. It's still an entertainment hub, but LA is an easier place for comedy, and you know these shows. Let alone on a thing where we're all friends, and and a lot of these people are people who worked for free for years on a public access show, and now they have their first jobs in entertainment. I take that really seriously. At the same time, I know you know we built something that has a lot of integrity and and a lot of heart, and uh, it's been around for nine years in some fashion or other, and. Uh, the people who love it, love it for a reason. And it, it's one of these weird things where it's like, I'd love to keep it going forever, but not if it's not fun and not if it's not, you know, true to itself. And, uh, you know, I think all the people who work on it, who have those jobs would, would rather it go away than have it turn into something that is just sort of cookie cutter. And Yeah, you can't turn sh- into like a an NBC late night no, show, I, right? I, I, That's not... No, I can't put on a suit and start telling monologue jokes now. <laughs> Who wants that? And sometimes there is pressure on us to do like, hey, right. when are you going to find your... Uh, carpool karaoke. Carpool, I was just going to say, when yeah. are you going to find your carpool karaoke? And I'm like... Probably never. I'm sorry to say, <laughs> right. like, and it's not, it's just not my thing. Unless and, somebody's punching you while you're driving the car, right? Yeah, maybe, yeah. well, it, and it, even beyond just like the shock or violence aspect, I think there's a lot of stuff out. And this is no disrespect to James Corden. No. I have a lot of respect for him, but there are a lot of places where you can get, um, you know, sort of like easily digestible, easily disposable. Oh, that was a cute thing. I watched it. I enjoyed it saw it on my aunt's Facebook wall and had a chuckle and move on. And I do think there's maybe people who are a little more stressed out or who want to be a little more challenged. And, you know, I grew up in the punk rock world where there was like real barriers of entry in an intentional way. Like they looked weird and they sounded bad. And if you could push past that, it's a really beautiful culture. And my show is an hour long. I, I, I really, I grew up on Letterman, you know, I grew up on Howard Stern, like stuff that was long form and that was part of the joy of it. That's not 2018, right? Everything now needs to be 30 seconds, one minute. If it hits, Isn't that tough? If it yeah. it's five minutes, people think you're crazy for the attention span. But I'm like, I don't know. Letterman used to have bits that you'd have to tune in every night for years for them to be at their funniest. <laughs> to understand, yeah. To just the relentlessness with which he did these idiotic things. So I'm pretty dedicated to the integrity of some stuff that just doesn't work right now. And I just have to own up to it and trust my gut that that will, um, you know, be something I'll be more proud of on my deathbed than if I <laughs> do you do you walk that line because you work with Will Ferrell I mean that's a guy who certainly has embraced the more commercial friendly vehicles I'm not going to bash him for that holy oh, no. cow that guy's done so much with his He's career and not even picking on him but a lot of people make those choices you're like why would they do that? It's like, I don't know. Have you ever been able to secure money for the next four generations of your family? Like, that's Take huge. Care. But then Will, I see, I think why Will likes working with us, I think why Will lent his name to us is because he'll also do a movie in Spanish. Yes. And he'll also go do a series of commercials that only air in Milwaukee where you're like, what is going on? Right. You know, or he'll go 
do all those things in character as a fake newscaster. And I think, uh, I think for a lot of comedians, you have this vision when you start out where you're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it my way and stick to my guns and change the game. And then the game is like, no thanks. Right. And I'm not saying my show has changed the game. The numbers have proven otherwise. But content wise, we do make the show that I think a lot of people have in their head when they're starting out. Right. And I think a guy like Will Galifianakis is an EP on our show too. He helped, he helped sell it with his name. And uh, I think they look at our show and they're like, wow, you guys have just, at this point, like- You're living, man. And like you've quintupled <laughs> down on just doing this not commercially friendly thing. And there's some joy in that for, I think, some of the, right. and the that's, other statesmen. You know, and maybe that's why they, they do a couple of those movies. that. And again, I'm not saying they don't enjoy those, but they're also now able to help provide opportunities or be a part of opportunities that are more creatively satiating, right? Yeah, and it's easy for a guy like me to yell punk rock, you know, for the first 10 years of my career sure. where nobody's particularly interested in giving me money. And past couple of years, I've gotten to a point where I'm making a decent living and there's more to lose now. And you start to, it's become a little tough for me. And also, wow, 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 I have a TV job. I, I have some money now where it's like, yeah, the network's breathing down my neck saying they want X, Y, and Z. And it's more of a bluff for me to call when I have a mortgage to pay and I have a wife and I have a standard of living. And so it's, you know, it's easy for us to look at those choices that some of the Hollywood people going, why are you making this? And it's like, well, here's why you're making this. Because you got $70 million. Like, I dare <laughs> right. you to say no, you know? For Same sure. thing with athletes. When people are like, that whole thing when people are like, why won't you just like take $15 million less so your team can sign a second? No, it's like- no, You take $15 million you less. You take $15 million less, man. You do yeah. that. Well, how about, here's who needs to take the hit. The billionaire who owns a stadium. That's who <laughs> right. should be taking yeah. less. Not Comparatively, the like, would you, assistant manager at the rental car place, take 15000 less? Like, no. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, that's but not something that's they've happened. done a very good job of painting these athletes as selfish for wanting Weird. to max out. I'm like, no, I think it's the conglomerates. I think the conglomerates should just pay them what they're worth. You right. know, like I don't think LeBron James is the selfish one here. I think it's the Agreed. nameless, faceless billionaires who refer to themselves as his owner who maybe need to take the financial hit. <laughs> right. That's weirder to me. That's a crazy thought, Chris. Than a I kid don't know. from Akron, Ohio wanting to get paid. Yeah, that's... that's I think. What, I okay, so before we get you out of here, and then we got to Sorry, I just going. went on a weirdly political, economic, Woody Guthrie-esque <laughs> rant. My bad. <laughs> no. Is that why people... Is that what usually happens here? Absolutely, man. I love that. I love that, uh, that we're getting to that side of you. As far as, uh, as music goes... That can happen with bands too. Oh, yeah. You see your favorite band. I always feel bad, uh, or not feel bad, but I always take note. I guess the the people with the band tattoo of the band that's never going to disappoint them. And then right. it's like, well, they got this song on a movie, and now oh, they get yeah. to tour for the rest of their lives and not have to go work at the postal office. Well, like, I tell you, my my show has music on. That's very important to me. We've always gone like the DIY route, and then we went from pub we were on public access for over four years. Mm -hmm. There was a certain type of person that really saw it. Then we switched to cable. A lot of those people walked away, and I was like, oh, I know how Jawbreaker feels now. I don't yeah. know if you're a punk fan. Jets of Brazil, Jawbreaker, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny Funny enough, I've, uh, I've become friends with the drummer from Jawbreaker, and wow. it's like a funny thing. To Pinch yourself a little bit when you're like chit-chatting. Well, <laughs> he's such a down-to-earth dude, and I was able to say, like, well, so like that whole thing where your fans would show up and turn their back when you played stuff from your major label album, like, Oh, I kind of get it now. I right. kind of get it now. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, the whole idea of selling out is a thing in my life where some of my fans say I have and I get it, but I'm also like, yeah, but then 
these people who just worked in a public access show get to eat. And they, don't, <laughs> and they don't have to walk dogs anymore either. And I'm also proud of that. Yeah. It is, Selling I've, out's a weird thing. I've talked, do you know the band Lucero? Uh-huh. Yeah. So Lucero, I think they're huge Jawbreaker fans too. They've done a few and covers of I theirs. Think, I think they've done a bunch of Smiths covers. I'm a big Smiths yeah, guy. Yeah. Think. So I've talked to them and their uh, organist, I'm trying to think, uh, Rick, who he plays uh, whatever, uh, the damn... Uh, thing with the accordion accordion he'll play accordion and keys and this stuff. was yes. accurate enough right, right this was right. accurate enough physically for me to understand <laughs> he's he's toured with like uh hank williams jr and stuff like and i've talked to him before and the difference you know he's like he's like man lucero is the perfect band to tour with he's like we're popular enough we make some change you know we sell out everywhere we play smaller venues everybody's really happy to see us and we're all friends in the band and he expressed this in an interview he was telling me Hank Williams Jr., he's like, you don't look Hank Williams Jr. in the face. Like He's like, you guys don't, we don't talk. Like, wow. we're there, you go out, you play, and then you're done. And if you fuck up, you're going to hear about it from a manager or somebody else. So there's always, it's weird assessing those different levels and the success attached it's on each really side. It's a strange too. thing. It is, man. Well, I think everybody needs to go see you at Helium this weekend. Great feature, great opener as well. Go to Helium Comedy Club and it'll St. be Louis more or... jokes and less weird um, no, working class is... philosophy rants. <laughs> this I is what it's all about, man. <laughs> well, I hope that True TV renews that. I hope they give you another chance, man. We'll see, and if they don't, I think everybody's surprised we took it this far anyway. <laughs> well, congrats on the success either way. Thank Thanks you for coming so much. by, dude.